Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. In the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians, we are told specifically and clearly that every believer during the course of their days on the earth is engaged in a building work. How we build, what we build, and what we build with are the crucial questions that we all must explore during our course of days on this earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tells us very clearly, let each man take heed how he builds. For another foundation no one is able to lay beside that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. But if anyone builds upon the foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, grass, stubble, the work of each will become manifest. For the day will declare it, because it is revealed by fire, and the fire itself will prove each one's work of what sort it is. Ron Kangas has joined us, and Ron, I begin maybe asking... What well, might seem like a rhetorical question, but one I think you'll probably have an answer for, and that is, I wonder how many believers really have this view, this concept, that all of us are involved in a building work of one kind or another. Well, it isn't really a rhetorical question. It's something that I can at least respond to, frankly. Uh, hardly anybody has the consideration that every believer is a builder whether they know it or not, or whether they like it or not. Because God is a builder. His goal is to build up the church as his corporate expression. We were saved for this purpose. And the Christian life consists in building, either with the proper materials or with the materials that will be consumed by fire. And uh, it's my personal feeling, Chris, that very few... um, take this matter seriously, and very few uh, really care Mm -hmm. about God's goal, God's building, even fewer would pay very serious attention to materials described, to the judgment by fire, to the reward. Yet this is one of the most crucial portions in the New Testament. Here we have Christ as the unique foundation. We have the experienced triune God is the proper building materials. We have the coming test of everyone's work, of what sort it is. Mm -hmm. We have the reward. There is very little attention given compared to what really occupies Christians. Very little proper understanding of 1 Corinthians 3. So we really need the Lord's enlightening and his grace to impress us very deeply with the crucial significance of the major point in 1 Corinthians 3. Whether we are ignorant or not, we are still responsible. We have the word right here Mm -hmm. that God is a building God 
And every believer is a building person. The question is how we build. This is what Paul sets before us here, among other things. We have had earlier in this chapter, we've mentioned now several times, but it fits well because one of the crucial things we will talk about today is alluded to in some of these earlier verses. We have the Corinthian believers, this church that was rife with all the problems of the flesh and division and the things we've talked about, a church really that in many ways represents most of us in our church experience today in terms of at least the problems. And the solution quite clearly Paul points them to is this matter of life. Then we see what seems like a mixed metaphor, but really is not, in verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's cultivated land, God's building. And it's this transition, better described as transformation, from a farm, something organic and living, to the building that is really a key point today. Chapter 3 of Second Corinthians, Paul says, We all with unveiled face beholding and reflecting like a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord's Spirit. Maybe you touch this verse briefly. Our listeners may well ask, why bring in the thought of transformation here? Uh, the word isn't used in 1 Corinthians 3, but uh, we must because Paul speaks of gold signifying the eternal, unchangeable divine nature that's related to the Father. Paul speaks of silver, which signifies redemption accomplished by Christ the Son. Then he mentions precious stones. And this is where we need to bring in the thought of transformation, especially in relation to what seems to be the mixed metaphor of farm or cultivated land and a building. The thought is that by the growth in life, material that exists in a certain state naturally is transformed metabolically into something precious, in this case, precious stones. Precious stones are not such by creation. Precious stones are such by transformation. And I don't claim to know any geology, but I think it's not inaccurate to say that for a material to be transformed to become a precious stone, heat is required and pressure is required. But the heat and the pressure notwithstanding, the main thought with this expression precious stones is transformation. So a lot is required of us here to really get into Paul's thought. We need to realize there's a building. The building requires precious materials, which refer to the three of the divine trinity, gold to the Father, silver to the Son, precious stones to the Spirit. And when we touch the matter of the precious stones and the relationship with the Spirit, we must go to 2 Corinthians 3.18 to consider transformation, which takes place in the soul. Transformation is carried out by the Spirit. Transformation is gradual. If we are to have any hope of being genuine builders, 
fellow workers of God in his divine work of building, we must get into this matter of transformation. We must understand it. We must experience it to a significant degree so that we can build with the triune God who has been wrought, constituted into our being. So there is a particular burden here and now on the precious stones and on transformation. Chris, we must, as believers, become precious stones. We are children of God by regeneration. We do not become precious stones by regeneration. We become precious stones by experiencing transformation in our souls. Mm. This is a crucial and vital matter with respect to God's building. Ron, we'll have a chance to come back to the same point after we listen to Witness Lee. I think it's a good point to bring his speaking in here, even though it's short. It fits very well with what we're talking about right now. Why Paul only mentions three precious things. These three things refer to the three of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. You know, every piece of precious tomb is transformed into something transparent and precious. So, this precious tomb indicates transformation. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells clearly Transformation work is from the Lord Spirit. So, this comes from the third of the Trinity. Number one. The number two, silver. If you study the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 30, silver was used to redeem God's people's life. So, silver signifies redemption. And who accounts redemption? The second of the three. Then gold is the first item, and it must refer to the first of the trinity. That is God the Father. Gold signifies the precious substance. Why gold is so precious? It doesn't decay. It doesn't rust. It remains all the time the same. And this signifies the very nature of God the Father. Oh, the divine nature is just a goal. So these three materials refer to God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Hallelujah. He did a uh, wonderful development there, Ron, on a point you made before about how these three elements relate each one to a person in the triune God, an aspect of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. I'd like to also pick up our discussion about transformation. You know, these verses we read, particularly these verses 11 through 13 in 1 Corinthians 3, talking about the fire and what is not going to pass through. Obviously, we the believers are saved. This is not what it's talking about, but our work, what we build, may not make it through this test. It certainly will not make it through this test if it hasn't gone through this process that you were describing of transformation. You know, there's a kind of a gospel that's popular today, 
Some call it the prosperity gospel. And to boil it down very quickly, it's something like, if we are obeying God, if we are faithful to God, then our life will be materially blessed. Outwardly, our living will be blessed, and uh, things will go well for us. But that seems to run cross-grain to the point you were making a moment ago about this process of transformation requiring things like heat and pressure, doesn't it? It does, and those who are enamored with this kind of uh, false teaching concerning the Christian life are those, frankly speaking, who waste their time not giving the Spirit the ground to move in them, to transform them for God's building. Transformation is a gradual process that involves the Spirit's operation both within us and in our environment. And it is not accomplished without a certain amount of difficulties and sufferings. This is just the way it is. If we are to be transformed, we need to pass through a number of situations that will work with the indwelling spirit to bring about an actual change of constitution in our soul. Another way of responding to uh, the situation you posed for us to consider is for us to reflect on Paul's experience and situation. Mm-hmm. We know from 1 Timothy 1.16 that Paul was set forth as a pattern of the believers. In other words, Paul's experience is the pattern right. for all the believers. Right, right. Did Paul live a prosperous life? Did Paul live a life of ease? Even a superficial reading of the New Testament will indicate to the contrary. Actually, on the day he was saved, the Lord told one of the members of the body that eventually he, the Lord, would show Paul what things he must suffer on behalf of his name. So Paul, even in 1 Corinthians 4, shows how he, along with the other apostles, were regarded as just waste, as scum, as the lowest form of existence on earth by the worldly people. Hardly a testimony to a life of ease and material blessing and prosperity. Yeah, right. God's people confront various choices, and one of them is... Do they want to accept this pernicious teaching concerning ease and material blessing and prosperity, or will they accept the healthy word of the New Testament ministry in all of its aspects, including the crucial aspect regarding the transformation of our soul? Hmm. This is very important to God. It's very important to the apostles, and it's vital for God's building. And I just add this for something to be covered at another time in another context. If the believers are not transformed today in this life, they will have to be transformed at another point during another age because the revelation of the new Jerusalem indicates that everyone who is a component of that city, which is a corporate person, Mm -hmm. must be and will be a transformed 
person. God's people need to know the truth concerning the necessity of transformation and learn how to cooperate with the transforming spirit to actually have not only gold and silver, but also precious stones. Then we have the full experience of the divine trinity wrought into us, and we can build in a way worthy of God's building with materials that will pass the test of fire. Hmm. Let's go back to Witness Lee. What is to build the body with these materials? That is, you and I, we all have to be constituted with the triune God. When you receive him, when you drink him, when you eat him, when you are being transfused by him and with him, the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit become your element, to become your substance, then something will be going on within you. A kind of metabolism, a kind of discharging, a kind of replacement, that is transformation. It is not overnight work or one-day work. It is a daily continuing. You say, oh, Lord, praise you. You read his word, you pray read the Bible, and you pray, and you sing praises to him, and you worship him, and you come to meetings, and you fellowship with his children. These are different ways for you to receive him in and for him to enter into you, to be the very element that will transform you, making you constituted with himself. The more you are being transformed, the more you build yourself upon the foundation. Then the more you minister such trying God to others. And others will be nourished by you. Eventually, the Lord will get what he wants. Ron, we have just a couple of minutes left, but I like this point very much. It goes back to a point he began in the first section that we listened to, and that is that as each of these three categories of precious materials with which we are to build gold, silver, and precious stones correspond with the three of the Godhead, it also implies that in experience, we are really being constituted with the triune God himself in all of his fullness, aren't we, if we are to be suitable for this building that endures? I agree with you fully in principle. And what I mean by in principle is that this is the way God ordains it to be, and this is the way it will ultimately be that the believers in Christ, the children of God, will experientially have the triune God constituted into them and thereby become gold, silver, and precious stones. In principle, this is the way it should be. In actuality, judged by what is popular, what's popular is the Left Behind series 
on, of fictional books related to the tribulation. What's popular is miracles and signs and wonders. What's popular is how to be rich and prosperous. What is not popular among Christians is the truth concerning the absolute necessity of really experiencing the triune God according to God's economy and of being saturated and permeated with gold, the nature of the Father, silver, the Son in his redemption, precious stones, the Spirit in his transforming work. So having said that, I kindly take exception to the use of the word we are in your previous fellowship, if I remember accurately, because very few believers care about this, even after such a program. And I'm not cynical, and I'm not negative. I'm realistic. Even after such a program as this, on the urgent need for the experience of transformation in our soul, only a very small number of earnest-seeking Christians will be interested in pursuing it. But I take heart in the way the Bible ends, and I take heart in the way the segment ended. Mm -hmm. Eventually, the Lord will get what he wants. He wants wants a building, a temple that is the corporate expression of himself. This building is a corporate person composed of the believers in Christ— who have the triune God wrought into them. Eventually, God will get this. And I say again, using this common piece of pseudo-theology as a foil, eventually we will not have a heavenly mansion for our enjoyment and satisfaction. Eventually, God will have his spiritual building for his enjoyment and satisfaction. And it's to this latter, eventually, that we are committed in this ministry and concerning which we are burdened in this program. I'm not throwing down the gauntlet to challenge anybody, but I would like to extend an invitation to the serious seekers of the Lord. Will you come to the Word again In 1 Corinthians 3, will you avail yourself of the ministry materials offered to you and reconsider in the Lord's presence what it means to build with gold, silver, and precious stones? Our word to you, according to Paul's word to us, is that to build with these materials is to build God's spiritual house with the experienced triune God who has been and continues to be wrought into our being. Only those who have God built into them will be able to build with gold, silver, and precious stones. And only those persons and their work will survive the fire and receive the reward. A lot to think about. A lot to consider. 
Well, Ron, I hope that I was speaking not just in principle, but also in faith after the kind of day I've had where I've had one of those uh, days with a little heat and a little pressure and not too much prosperity. Uh, in faith, we are experiencing the triune God day by day, aren't we? I believe that. I echo that. And when you say, we say this in faith, that means we have no trust in ourselves and what we can do. Our entire trust is in the living God operating to eventually get what he wants. Today, Chris, of heat and pressure was not in vain. Right. Well, I'll take that in faith as well. Thanks, Ron, as always, for your fellowship. And I want to quickly get to the uh, the way that our listeners, those who have been stirred after such a word, can contact us about these printed materials. If you have this heart in you to examine again in the light of Scripture and in the light of the ministry materials that we have for you, such crucial and profound points as these, we want to get them to you as soon as possible. You can reach us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888 5 Four three, three seven, eight eight. Today for Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Do you want to know the deeper truths of the Bible? Wish you could attend a Bible study, but just don't have the time. Well, if you enjoyed this program, then we invite you to visit our website at lsmradio.com. From there, you'll find programs on every book of the Bible and all free of charge. These programs will not only give you a more profound understanding of the scriptures, but also refresh and revitalize your daily Christian walk. From our website, you can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or subscribe to the podcast. Again, all free of charge. Once more, that website, lsmradio.com. Thanks again for listening.